This episode is brought to you by USAA Insurance. USAA Homeowners Insurance not only helps you cover your home, it also helps you cover your budget, lower your premium in a number of ways, like saving up to 10% when you bundle home and auto insurance, saving up to 15% if you've been claims-free for five years, regardless of your previous insurance provider, and scoring even more deals and discounts on things like home security, moving, and storage with the USAA Perks Program. Tap the banner or visit usaa.com homeowners to learn more and get a quote. Restrictions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, it's Corlin Sutton, wide receiver for the Denver Broncos, and you're listening to the Fantasy Footballers. Welcome to the Fantasy Footballers Podcast. With your hosts, Andy Holloway, Jason Moore, and Mike Wright. Ah, welcome in. Tuesday, March 29th. Jason Moore, Mike Wright, Andy Holloway, the Fantasy Footballers Podcast, back with you another beautiful day. This is our first post-slap show. Oh, yeah. I was curious at what point of the show it would come up. <laughs> right in the beginning. <laughs> they are. They have determined that this is going to be one of the – like the calendar will be divided by the slap. So yes. there's before slap and after slap, and this is our first after slap show. It has changed television <laughs> forever. Well, the Oscars was – the ratings had to have been in decline. For they years were. and years and years. So I, this was just what the doctor ordered. I saw a stat that ratings were up this year over 50% uh, from last year, and it was still the second lowest watched Oscars. Wait, is that real? Yeah. Oh, like pe- People just don't care anymore. I No, they don't. And I don't, I don't know. Like Sports has this majestic uh, spot atop the pedestal of live entertainment. And when I saw the promotions for the Oscars, I did think to myself, I used to watch that. Yeah. And the li- and I'm like, oh, I wonder if that's still something that, you know, it's live, which is a rarity. Mm-hmm. So maybe um, maybe it was doing better. And it's not, according to Mike and his sources. Yes, I will not. But will the slap and potential of future slaps bring you back to the table? No, no, it will not. What if they could <laughs> guarantee one slap next year and you didn't know what it was? 100%. I'm in. If if they say we will have another slap, I'm watching oh, the whole thing. Gosh, I mean, I the the reaction, and, and it took over Twitter. Obviously, that that was really the best part. Uh, look, I mean, they got a whole mess that they got to figure out over on the Oscars side. Uh, but like, it took over Twitter. There was nothing else. Like. R.I.P. If you had some kind of message to get out last night, because it is gone. It is it is lost on the internet forever. It no was, question. It was the only thing, and like and and the world went into full detective mode of because all oh, the on, conspiracy on our, theories. Well, on our side, we everything they're on the, the delay, so they start bleeping out curse words. 
but then someone found the the feed from another country yeah. where they hadn't censored it, and then thank they you put, Australia. And then they pushed that over to us. Oh, because the internet finds everything, and it was just everyone. Oh, was, and the, the memes. Uh, yeah, they were immediate, and they will never stop. So uh, yeah, we are after the slap today. We're talking free agency winners and losers on this show. Some news and notes to get into. Lots to talk about. More surprise. It was more surprising than maybe the NFL offseason, which was something that I didn't think could happen. Um, the ultimate draft kit. We have the post combine update, a new rookie mock draft, updated rookie rankings, uh, Mike's updated uh, trade targets. Yep. And rookie risers and fallers, all part of the post combine update of the Dynasty Pass, which you can get at ultimatedraftkit.com. Make sure you get the UDK Plus if you want access to the Dynasty Pass. You want to do a quick question? Sure. What percentage chance do you give A.J. Brown to finish oh. as a top 12 fantasy wide receiver in 2022? He snuck in in 2020. Yes, he Number did. 11. In 14 games? Right. But that's part of his story. That's what I would contend. I would say part of his story is that you're going to be risking a few games because last year he only played 13 games. And uh, I think a couple of those may have been more being more of a distraction out there or a uh, decoy, I should say. So what are your what percentage chance do you give that A.J. Brown writes the ship, stays healthy, gets in the top 12? Yeah, I mean, this is uh, the injury is is really important here. If you were to tell me, I guarantee he plays 17 games, I, I'd put it very high. I, I'd say he's got, you know, a 70 plus percent chance of being a wide receiver one, uh, you obviously have some of the locks there with uh, Devontae Adams, Terry Kill, changing team. Like, Terry Kill is not a guarantee for a top 12 anymore, whereas he used to be. So uh, that makes it better. I mean, I the, the, the spirit of this question is do you view A.J. Brown and, and how likely do you view that he is a wide receiver one? I view him that way. I think that he is, you know, he's 24 years old right now. He'll be 25 by the time the season starts, and they dealt with a lot of injuries there. I mean, the offense gets worse when King Henry goes down and when Julio is uh, non-existent there. I think with uh, Derrick Henry back and Robert Woods across the field from him, I, I think that the odds are very good that A.J. Brown is a, is a wide receiver one. What percentage chance do you give A.J. <laughs> Brown to finish as a top 12 fantasy wide receiver in 2022? I'll say 66%, Okay, including I, injury risk. Okay, yeah, uh, that that's included. And, and last year, the injuries, he only missed three games, but he missed due to separate injuries or separate stints I mean, of, of injury. And pretty much four, because week three, he was on the field for 12% of the snaps. Yeah, so I will put the percentage chance. I think it's 50-50. I'm going to go 50-50. Right. I think when he's healthy, he is the center of that passing offense, and it doesn't take a lot of play action to get A.J. Brown into that top 12 if he can stay on the field for the majority of the year. And you, you had touchdown regression. He had 11 receiving uh, receiving touchdowns back in 2020. That's in 14 games. And then in the 13 games where he appeared, only five. So, I mean, you just give him a handful of touchdowns last year and everything looks looks a lot better than it did. Uh, I'm going to give him a, a Samuel, mm, a Samuel right. Jay. Now, is there a chance that Tanny 
we've seen the best. I mean, we had a quite the run, and I mean, it almost reminds me of the level of insanity that Michael Vick showed us at the end of one year where the efficiency was right. through the roof, and then you didn't really get that ever again. Obviously, I'm not going to hold it against him that all of these structures of Derrick Henry being available to him, you know, not hold it against him entirely, but I don't think he was as good of a quarterback last year as the year before. The His yardage was actually incredibly similar, uh, but his he doubled his interceptions over the past, or, you know, from 2020 to last year. And his touchdown percent dropped to 4%, which is even under his career average, where like those two years where he was running incredibly hot, he's basically averaging a really unsustainable 7-plus percent. But for that to drop from there all the way to below league average at 4%, I think that he bounces back. Maybe maybe we've seen the best from him because those couple years, his efficiency was just redonkulous. But I Te think technical that, term. Yeah, I, mean, I think he's better than he was last year. Yeah, I don't think we've seen the best. I think that what happened last year was a problem of weapons. Julio Jones was supposed to be their big splash, but he basically was unavailable. You know, he was injured even when he was out there. He was injured. He he was you know it was almost a lost season for Julio. You lost Jonu Smith, and now you're bringing back Austin Hooper. You lost Adam Humphreys, which like you wouldn't care about that except for. Okay, so no Corey Davis, no John, no right. Adam, and then the guy you bring in wasn't there. So it was really like there weren't a lot of options for him to uh, to help out. And so Robert Woods, Austin Hooper, I mean, you know, I, That'll I think That'll help it's, Tanny, but will that hurt A.J. Brown? I don't think so. I think that the, the offense needs to just be better for A.J. Brown to succeed. None of us put him at a above 70% lock range to finish in the top 12. So would you feel comfortable – with AJ Brown as your team's wide receiver one, <laughs> uh, it, yes, because of where I think he'll go in the draft, and that means I took a higher end running back in round one. That's a good answer. Do uh, you agree? Yeah, I mean, I I guess when you say that, I I I do get a little worrisome. I'm like, ooh, but you're not taking him in the first. No, I realize that. I'm not, but you're not taking most wide receivers in the first. Usually, over the last couple of years, it's been like two. Um, you know, if I could go running back, running back, I'd be happy. But otherwise, if if I'm taking him in the second, I don't think I would be in love with that. Okay, I like I, mean, I prefer higher volume wide receivers versus big play touchdown machines. Like Robert Woods, you can just lock him in for what five touchdowns? Correct, maybe six. Yeah, that's his guarantee. Yeah. Um, would I be comfortable? If that's the question, no. I guess I wouldn't be comfortable. Would you be more comfortable, Jason, with C.D. Lamb or A.J. Brown as your team's wide receiver one? Um, comfortable A.J. Brown just because it's kind of more known. But I. <laughs> what about DeAndre that, Hopkins or A.J. Brown? Hopkins. More comfortable? In a redraft, yeah. Mike Evans or A.J. Brown, more comfortable? Ooh. Mike Evans, Evans? in a redraft, okay. yeah. Keenan, Mike, or A.J. Brown? Goodness gracious. Uh. Scoring, I'm taking AJ. Scoring format matters. If that's PPR, you could maybe talk me into Keenan Allen. Otherwise, I'd go uh, Brown. All right, let's jump into the news. News and notes from around the league. Boring. Oh, can't believe we have to do this. Cooper Cup was not traded for five picks. Is that what makes it boring? Yeah. Okay. Uh, the Chiefs have... The Chiefs have signed two players that possibly have been grimaced at more than 
the majority of players in the league. Ronald Jones, one-year contract with the Chiefs. Can't catch the football. Correct. But he can run it. And then uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, three-year, $30 million contract. Very interesting. MVS coming in. There's McCole Hardman. There's the absence of Tyreek Hill. What do you make of these two signings? So the the Ronald Jones signing is really interesting to me. I, I think that he's a very good runner, um, and he'll bring a lot of juice uh, to this team. What really blew me away, and I don't know if you guys know this. If you do, don't don't guess. But how old is Ronald Jones? He's entering in his fifth season. He into came the, in super young, but fifth year. I will, yeah, I was going to go 27. Yeah, he's 24 years old. No, he's not. I couldn't believe no, it. No, he's not. I was in a dynasty startup draft when the news broke no, he that he is not. And, I, and, I, and, and Sleeper said that he was 24, and I go, well, they got that wrong. And so then I had to Google it. So when I'm, you interviewed him and you thought he looked kind of small, that was because he's still growing. That was because he was 12 years old. Wow. He, um, he will be turning 25 in August. Yeah, so uh, he is, you know, it's one of those things where Still if he Still learning to catch. If he, <laughs> <laughs> if he comes on and has a great season, you know, on a one-year prove-it deal, he is not aged out to where you're like, he, he you know, well, this is it. So I, I do think for, for long-term fantasy, uh, it could be a really good landing spot for him. I've, I've seen completely divergent opinions on this signing. I've seen people that look at it positively for Clyde Edwards-Alaire, securing his PPR value because Ronald Jones will never be used in that capacity. And they could have brought back, you know, they could have brought back Damian Williams. Sure. Somebody that can catch the football and, and, and give you more fear towards Clyde. Ronald Jones was the running back 16 in Tampa Bay in 14 games last season in 2020. Okay. Or, or I guess two seasons ago yeah. in 2020. So that was at 5.1 a carry was still at 4.2 last year. I don't know if I view it as a boost for Clyde. I, j I think that they need speed and explosiveness, and they weren't getting that from Clyde in the between the – like he's a very reliable between-the-tackles runner, Clyde is, but he doesn't offer you like explosive potential. And you just lost it with Tyreek. I mean, Tyreek is 100% irreplaceable. It doesn't matter who you sign in the rest of the NFL. There's one of him. It's a mint. One of one. And you're not going to find that somewhere else. So I think they're looking for some more explosiveness. It wasn't a big contract. Yeah. So, you know, I, I'm not throwing Clyde away. But it just adds more murkiness to that backfield. Yeah, it is a pretty big mystery to me. Like, Clyde was starting to feel like a winner. And it still a little bit is of, like, you will have to use him more as a pass catcher, at, at least the way I see it. They didn't that, bring back Jerry McKinnon. Working out, yes. Yeah, so they have Gore and, uh, and Rojo now. And last year, Ronald Jones, his numbers were not great. You know, at 48th and 15-plus uh, yard carries. He had three of them. Like, he was not the same Ronald Jones as two years ago. Now, he basically got... Like he was pretty much benched. After it was not week, a committee after week one because he fumbled, and Bruce Arians was mad. And then Leonard Fournette fumbled, and he said, "Like, no, don't worry about that, bro. Just get just get back in there because I like you more than Ronald Jones for this team." So Jones, yeah, Jones had a very impressive year two years ago. We'll we'll see how it it, it shapes out for him. But if if Clyde is getting more 
getting more use in the passing game. And what it really comes down to is goal line. Who would profile as the goal line running back between Clyde, Gore, and Ronald Jones? And I can't say 100% any of those three guys. It could be any of them. Yeah, it, it, this is not a positive for Clyde. Like, it, there is a world that exists now where he is the second up, you know, where the first second down work goes to Ronald Jones because he's just faster and, and better. They only threw the ball 23 times to Clyde anyways, so, you know, might as well have the better athlete on the field. So it's one of those things where I still think Clyde is good and he'll be fine for fantasy, but now there is a giant variable in the equation where you cannot rely on Clyde as, you know, the as the main guy for – uh, the Chiefs until after a couple weeks into the season when we see it. Are you in a position where you would take the – I know it's super early, so maybe a waste, but you're staring down Ronald Jones in drafts, and you're saying, hey, I want Tony Pollard or Ronald Jones. Tony Pollard. Okay, what about Chris Carson or Ronald Jones? Ooh, i probably go – that's an interesting question. I, I, I would go Ronald Jones because – I th I think that they, they well the upside in the offense right like the Russell Wilson less Seahawks might not be that great for Chris Carson MVS three year thirty million dollar contract yeah uh, you man he got some money eighteen guaranteed so are we going to be struggling to find <laughs> who would have ever thought that are we going to be yeah. struggling to find consistent value at wide receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs? If it's a mix of McCall Hardman and MVS and Juju Smith-Schuster and, and Travis rookie. Kelsey and and a rookie that they draft just to <laughs> just to make it more like MVS was, I believe, the only player clocked faster than Tyreek Kill last year. Yeah, he's fast on the field, but that is again that's straight line speed. That is not stop and go Tyreek Wiggle, right? So I think MVS is a better receiver than McCall Hardman. I would, I would agree Agreed. with that, but I, I, I think that this actually brings a little bit of, uh, you know, it solidifies Juju's place as a really important piece of the offense. I know his contract was not – I mean, how funny that Juju got a one-year contract that is heavy incentive laden, and the money would say, well, MVS is the more important receiver to this team, but I think MVS is not – he just has never proven himself as capable of being like – a volume type receiver. So Juju has done that in the past. Obviously, he's coming off of the injury. Do the Chiefs believe he's the guy? MVS. Yeah. He's. Do they though? You don't give. That's not a lot of money. I mean, that's a that's a three year deal, but that's not a ton of money. But what was it? The guarantee? Eighteen. Eighteen. I mean, that's a that's a three year guarantee of six a year. I mean, that's not breaking the bank. Like Juju hits the low bar of incentives, he could be at nine or ten for a single season. I don't know if the money is something to f track between those two. No, I, it's I, age too. And yeah, I think this is really more a style of the offense. And, and here's the, th the thing is like, I think the offense has to change significantly without the burner of Tyreek. And we, we already saw this, you know, the, uh, the, the new shell defense that's being uh, played against Mahomes over and over and over. I think they might be changing. Andy Reid is a brilliant offensive mind. They might change up the style of offense. And, um, you know, they're signing Ronald Jones, more of a ground-and-pound uh, guy and a possession receiver in Juju. Maybe it looks very different this year. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what camp looks like. You got running back 
situations. The only thing you know is Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback, and Travis Kelsey is going to catch a ton of passes. Apparently, he did turn down more money. MVS did to from, go to Kansas City. Yeah, to did, pick Kansas City. Did it say from who? Uh, I, I was just hoping it was him. from the Packers. Uh, let's see. He had off. He had <laughs> offers from the Green Bay Packers and the New Orleans Saints, but it doesn't say who offered what. Traquan Smith back to the Saints. Never fear if you can't get MBS. <laughs> uh, six million dollar contract, two yeah. years, six million. Uh, yeah, Traquan's got no ceiling. Jerry Jones said Michael Gallup will be a question mark for Week One. I've I've heard this from multiple sources. Um. So wait. The, so the guy that tore his ACL in like the the final week of the season. Yes, yeah, he's a question he's mark not, for not, week 1. He's not going to be ready yet. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, pay the pay uh, the man and get rid of Amari I Cooper. I don't know. JK Dobbins Gus Edwards could start training camp on the pup list. They were dual ACL tears Good in really in preseason last I year. I had not seen that, but I mean that was preseason on an ACL, you know, it's you look at, okay, Michael Gallup had a torn ACL, J.K. Dobbins had a torn ACL. The timelines are extremely different. One was preseason, one was at the end of the year. So I would have expected J.K. Dobbins to um, be there for the offseason program. That's that's very interesting, something to monitor. And, and what that says to me, if if you – and I was thinking about this with Jacksonville as well, right? Like both of these teams, uh, Jacksonville and the Ravens, have two – relatively young relatively good running backs like they don't need another running back if they're both healthy but they don't know in either situation if they really have either guy to rely on so this NFL draft they those two teams could be a surprise to draft a running back and you think that oh they don't need them they've got these guys but if they don't know for sure the health and the, and they're not going to know that by the time the draft is over with they might pull the trigger on a good running back yeah that's interesting uh, Harbaugh, confident that the team will sign Lamar Jackson to a contract extension. Yep. Uh, Frank Reich, Colts head coach, said Naeem Hines will have a bigger role in the team's offense with Matt Ryan at quarterback. Didn't they just give him a bunch of money they, last year? Yeah, yeah. They, they signed him last year. And I, I don't doubt this. If you look at the weapons, um, you, you know, they lost a couple of their wide receivers and they didn't have much to start with, so... Forty receptions last year. Sorry to cut you off there. Forty receptions for Hines last year. Yeah, I think they'll implement him in more ways. That doesn't mean I don't see this as at the expense of Jonathan Taylor at all, though. Yeah, sixty-three receptions the year before with Philip Rivers. So if you wanted to look at Rivers versus Wentz versus Ryan, yeah, it's also uh, Gibson related. What's that? Because Carson Wentz just doesn't like. Oh, you're saying now the implication for yeah. for Gibson. Wentz doesn't I go. I think to, there will be a downtick in receptions. Ooh. Did that hurt to say? It does. It makes me sad because it's not my champion's fault. It's stupid, <laughs> stupid, dumb face Carson Wentz. Um, <laughs> so is J.D. McKissick off the board then? <laughs> You're correct. He's, yeah. got, he's got one thing going for him. It's catching the ball. Ah, stupid, stupid, dumb face. I, I've yeah, got this. J.D. should have really looked at those numbers before he came back. I've got this bad feeling that next year will always be the best year for Antonio Gibson. When is it all going to come together perfectly? For the guy who's been an RB1? Yeah, but 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 you get what I'm saying. You your the way that you just said that tells me you're not quite happy yet. No, it's what the way I was saying was more of I would have concerns at this point. I haven't we haven't statted everybody out, but I would be cons a little concerned if 
him being my RB1. It is funny to think that Antonio Gibson in his two seasons has been a running back one in both of them. Yes. Running yeah. back 12 and running back well, 10. Well, it was an onslaught at the end of the year last year, too. So it was it was tough to get there. Uh, the 49ers seem willing to hold on to Jimmy Garoppolo, quote, for a while, reports out of the uh, Bay Area, NBC Sports, to allow him to get healthy and see if any other trade offers materialize. Because there was some talk of maybe he'd have to be cut because of the shoulder surgery. I think that's why they're saying this <laughs> now. Hey, guys, no, 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 no. We're Did you know he totally ask, willing to hold on to him. He didn't ask the team. Like, he got this surgery apart from the team's, I don't know if you would call it permission, but, like, knowledge? I, I think that that's at the end of this season, when you had the press conference, you, you literally had a press conference of Jimmy Garoppolo saying goodbye. Like, I don't think he thought he needed to check with his former team anymore, even though he was under contract. Yeah, this is a tale of the none of the other teams wanted Jimmy, and San Francisco doesn't want Jimmy, and now he's just but that's he's just sad over there because of the injury. I mean, you, sure. you've had multiple teams come out and say they just couldn't do it. So it's just interesting. Like, did he did he do this to put the team in a tough position? Maybe I, you know. Um, he he very much feels like he will be cut, and he'll he will be hanging out, seeing if anyone has a catastrophic, you know, Teddy Bridgewater quarterback situation in training camp. Couple Broncos notes: Albert Aguebanom, hybrid tight end receiver for this upcoming season, according to Nathaniel Hackett. Okay, I have always thought that there are that he was superior to Noah Fant yes. in, in several ways. So, because is that because he like can better know, break tackles? I I just when a quarterback makes the decision to throw it to you instead of somebody else in the end zone on a regular basis, they like you, and that's the way I feel about Alberto. Yeah, and I would just like to uh, thank Mike for making fun of Noah Fant's lack of breaking <laughs> tackles. Because he can't, man. Never. Even in college, he had all these breakaway runs, but he never. if someone was there, they'd just tackle the guy. He's a superstar athlete. Yes. Why can't you break tackles? Melvin Gordon, door still open to a return, according to Broncos GM George Patton. So Just, just pick another door, Melvin. Come on. Yeah, I don't know. You can, you can go back. Oh, you want him back now? I, I drafted him in the dynasty uh, startup, so uh, I'm okay oh, either way on. now. I feel like you were the. Oh yeah, I wanted him out, but and, I mean now I kind of, you know it's look sometimes fantasy football is a little selfish. This is a selfish game we play, and um, you know so what are you? He's doing? on Team Melvin. Back to the Broncos. You're you're alone on that, that team. That is disgusting. I know, I know. I'm not proud of myself, but this is this Goodness. is where I am now. Look at you! Look who you you've become. Uh, you are the person you look hate. in the mirror. <laughs> okay, how about uh, the Falcons? Yeah, that's fine. Okay, he right. won't go there. No, but he won't. The, they just re-signed Patterson. I'm excited about this. The Lions will be featured on Hard Knocks. Dan Campbell and company. More Jared Goff on Hard Knocks. <laughs> okay, the Dan Campbell part I'm more excited about. I'm very excited to track that caffeine intake. Ooh, like how often does Dan Campbell have a big gulp of of uh, yeah of coffee ooh <laughs> a big gulf of coffee as they say <laughs> all right do we have any other news brooksy how are you doing today Although, doing great there's more lions news they got the nfl draft in 2024 detroit did they um yeah they're hosting mm -hmm. that's exciting man. yeah detroit big things happening for detroit oh man we middle should, of june I'm, could we be might some bigger get, things later i want to get in on that <laughs> huh. Huh. 
All right, let's take a quick break, and then we'll jump into free agency. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Some things may seem small at the time, but when you keep them inside, when you keep everything bottled up, you leave those emotions to fester, and they can have some serious negative consequences. I know when I was younger, you know, you don't want to always say what's on your mind. You don't want to be seen as ungrateful or insensitive or whatever, but sometimes you bottle those things up too long, and they develop into real problems. Talking things out, working through what's weighing you down, it is more helpful than you realize. And if you want a safe space for that conversation, I recommend therapy. I've had therapy. I've had practical, personal advances through therapy, whether I'm learning positive coping skills, how to set boundaries personally, how to make better habits in my life. There's a lot of benefit, and you can give BetterHelp a try if you've been thinking of starting therapy. It's entirely online. It's convenient and flexible. It's also easy to get started. You just fill out one brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash footballers to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash footballers. This episode is brought to you by USAA Insurance. When you're a homeowner in the military community, peace of mind is priority. And USAA Homeowners Insurance is the award-winning service to give you just that. If you have to file a claim, the process is transparent and easy. You can do it all right in the USAA app. And replacement cost coverage comes standard. That means damaged items are repaired or replaced, even if they cost more today than they did when you bought them, which could put your wallet at ease to tap the banner or visit USAA.com slash homeowners to learn more and get a quote. Restriction supply. Well, even though Mike was disappointed that there wasn't more just completely jaw-dropping news today, we do have a lot of news that we've covered over the last several weeks mm-hmm. and some big time fantasy football winners and losers. We've put our heads together. We've, we've thought about this and we've each got a winner and a loser that we want to reveal to you right now. We're going to win. We're going to win. Where? Can we that get some a, updated graphics? That was a great intro graphic. Uh, look, I that's got to be five years ago. I love the video. I think that's the first time I've seen it. Yeah. Uh, it was shuffleboard. But what's so fantastic about that is there is the sound of baseball bats happening in Dur- the background. Really? During that, clip, that? Of the clip. But on the video, we went shuffleboard. So they, they don't match. Uh, they do Maybe it's not. just sports, sports, sports. <laughs> All right, free agency winners and losers. This offseason, $2.6 billion in guaranteed money already given out to waiver pickups, free agents, extensions, that type of thing. Here's a fun fact for you. The Jaguars have spent $175 million in guaranteed money. That is the most ever in an offseason. All right, good In for fact, you. Warren Sharp tweeted this out. Since 2012, the Jaguars have spent $1.64 billion in free agency. No team has spent more money since 2012. That is wow. They that must is 10 be, years. They must be doing well. No team has lost more games. Mm. Do you think it has anything to do with spending big money on mediocre uh, – like Overpaying on mediocre Overpaying talent? on Christian Kirk, overpaying on <laughs> Zay Jones, overpaying on Evan Ingram. Just because you sign people to like the biggest money deals doesn't mean that those people deserve big money deals. 
Well, they're spending. They're going to be atop this stat for quite some time, I think. All right, let's start with winners. One of you guys want to kick it off? Who's your uh, biggest sure. free agent winner as of today? Uh, so I'm going to jump in here. I'm going to say I think the biggest winner, it's not just from the free agent thing. They also happen to trade for a player. It's missed. It's, is he a double T? Yeah, Mr. Tua mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. down there for the Miami Dolphins. And I, like when Tyreek Hill picked the Dolphins, you know, the, things were pretty split on Twitter. Uh, well, Tua can't throw the ball deep in, in – you know, Tyreek Hill, that's what he excels at. I wanted to highlight someone who uh, was a quarterback. Not really thought of as, like, someone who puts up, you know, these big, gaudy, Madden type of numbers. I'm talking about Alex Smith. Ah. Uh, and Alex Smith in his career, which was a very long and storied career, he was three and a half fantasy points per game better when he played with Tyreek Hill in 2017, when this was Tyreek's second year, so this was actual full-time Tyreek Hill. This was the only time in Alex Smith's career that he surpassed 4,000 passing yards. It was the highest touchdown total of his career. He saw his average yards per attempt, which up till that point were, was seven. It jumped all the way to eight. Tua is surrounded by some of the fastest players in the NFL. Jalen Waddell. 437 Hill 434 Mike Gesicki is a 95th percentile uh runner at the at the tight end position and now you you have Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert like Tua is he's set up to succeed their their team is more athletic than you and I do think that it matters when you, when you're in a league of one percentile the elite of the elite you see that there there are players who are just a little bit faster, just a little bit better than the guys on the other side of the field. And I think that Tua is set up here to have uh, – you can't say he's – I don't think he's going gonna to in, jump into being an elite-level fantasy quarterback, but he is firmly entrenched in the quarterback one discussion. He doesn't run enough for me to say, oh, he can make the jump like Derek like – him and Derek Carr, they're just like their top 10, top 12 guys – but it's real fun and real interesting to have what feels like a uh, a guy who will – he won't rise up. He won't have a meteoric rise up ADP. He'll still be in the back. And he could take a jump and be like one of those league-winning type of fantasy quarterbacks if his touchdowns hit a certain point. Yeah, because those are truly elite weapons. You're talking yes. about – you're not talking about like, hey, we surrounded him with talent. Every Every team is going to say that. And we just talked about Trevor Lawrence. Right. They surrounded. They you know tried. how much money they just spent to surround him with talent? But their talent is Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, and Evan Ingram. Not Jalen Waddell, Tyreek Hill, and Mike Gesicki. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I love Tua as a major winner uh, this offseason. In a dynasty league, if you're doing a startup draft, he's not going to be bad enough to be replaced in the next few years. He's going to – he is going right. to – like. He was someone that, without these moves, I feel like, yeah, he has a bad year, and you you start kicking those tires, and they're talking about, well, maybe maybe Miami's looking for a quarterback. That's not going to happen. I, I The debate of who's the best wide receiver in football, we can all have it. It's fine. I think Tyreek Hill is firmly the most valuable wide receiver in all of football. Two a team. What he represents for your offense and what he unlocks for the rest of the players on the offense is, is more valuable than any other receiver in the game, and he can do all of the receiver things 
get in and out of routes, not just a deep ball threat. Get him in the screen game. Hand him the football, which you've got an innovative play caller there. Have he, him return a punt. He unlocks more offensive options for your team than anybody else in the game. So you took that player and you gave him to Tua with other weapons. Um, look, it's hard when you look at Tua's stat lines last year to say, wow, look, this is a this isn't a little teeny jump he needs to make. He needs to make a some full, full strides to get mm -hmm. to this point. Couple of tiers he has to go through to get up to where you're gonna start him. But he'll have every chance to do it. And I you know, we've talked so much about the you know, Jalen Waddle impact of Tyreek Hill, but we have not talked about Mike Gesicki. We have not talked about what that opens up in the middle of the field for a hyper-athletic tight end who is still entering his prime. Yeah, yeah, he has not yet hit the premium age for tight ends. So, and the fact that they franchised him and paid him enough money to stick around, that I think he could have a very good year. My big winner of the free agent offseason is a little boring because he he was he just resigned a little boring to the same place. It's James Conner. Ah. And it's more than that just happened. Oh, man. You, Did you just spill and, Andy all? Go drank, to Andy Cam. Andy, go to Andy Cam. Andy drank <laughs> I'm good. like he had a hole in his lip. I mean, there was so much that spilled out. Uh, impressive work. Impressive work. I just can't. I can't eat or drink. <laughs> without you have a drinking problem. Yes, without spilling. I mean, there's got to be a biological something wrong. It's, your arms are too long. All it's very look, this awkward. is a oh, is it an unwieldy arm situation? <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, Bookland, I am known for spilling on myself on a regular basis, and all my shirts have a it's it's a spot has a spot on my uh, my stomach ledge where <laughs> this one's up higher though. I'm spreading it around. Anyways, Jason, you are making some sort of point. I was saying that James Conner is a big <laughs> winner this offseason because he re-signs with a team that obviously believes in him and knows how to use him. He was great. He was the running back five this last year. He was the running back five on this season. We already know he's a great goal line back. He had the second most goal line carries. And keep in mind, he wasn't really the starter at the beginning of the year. Conner played five games without Chase Edmonds, and that is a big part of this. Chase Edmonds goes away. And so, you know, I don't doubt that the Cardinals aren't done. Maybe they'll add a, you know, a, a mediocre vet behind him. But what it says, letting him walk and then re-signing James Conner is you're he's under, the dude. You're underestimating what Steve Kime is willing <laughs> to do. That's true. Steve Kime will draft a running back in the second. Uh, well, we'll see. But uh, as, of, as of now, how it stands, James Conner has extreme opportunity. When he was without Chase Edmonds for those five games, he went from 13.7 opportunities to 22.2 opportunities. Delicious. His targets went from 1.3 to 5.6. And the most important thing is his fantasy points went from 13.6 to 20.6. So he is re-signed to be the dude. And if he stays healthy, I mean, who, who would you rather have between James Conner and I'll, I'll start low, Cam Akers? It's it should be Connor. I think yeah, I think I'd go Connor there. What about Saquon? It should probably be Connor. Connor. Yeah. Zeke. Connor. I mean it's it's kind of crazy to yeah. think that puts that kind of puts him as a first round running back, which he deserved last year as the running back five, but I it, it was a good off season for him. 
the way that it's turning out for fantasy. Yeah, I'll give the big three Denver Bronco wide receivers the biggest winner award. Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, and Jerry Judy in that order. Yes. <laughs> um, but look, la Ooh. last year, I my thoughts on Tim Patrick are just that he is so – you just had a super flexed dynasty startup draft and the difference between where Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick went it was just mind blowing to me. I'm sure Jerry Judy went ahead of all of them in that yes, league. In that you, league, you are correct. So give me the rounds that they were in. That those three. You look it up. Uh, last year, the Broncos had they only threw the ball out of the wide receiver position 54 percent of the time. That's the fifth lowest in the NFL. 28 percent of the tight ends. That's third highest. They don't have Noah Fant. They bring in Russell Wilson. You finally have an established passer here in this offense, an efficient passer, somebody that throws the ball into the end zone on a regular basis, and it just re-enlivens the future of all three of these players. They were living what I'll call the DJ Moore life, right? Waiting with they, – they have the talent. I they, take offense to this. Yeah, well, you're going to – Because it makes me sad. Later's going to get worse. Uh but Sutton, Patrick, and Judy, they have the talent to be fantasy forces in the NFL. They just didn't have the supply, right? The supply chain issues you hear about, they had a supply chain issue <laughs> oh, they with were at Russell the dock. Wilson. They yeah. were at the dock. It, the quarterbacks were sitting at the dock, and they finally shipped one through, and Russ showed up. Now, Jerry Judy, look, I understand how young he is and how talented he is. Three touchdowns in two years. Zero last year, that's not great. You had a big impact from Tim Patrick last year. So how this shakes out, how drafts look, I, I, I'm not going to go as far as to say I'm just going to take the lowest Bronco wide receiver. I'm not, I'm not going to take that approach. I think Sutton is firmly who I want. But then those other two guys, I'm very content to get Tim Patrick crazy late. And to be sure, he will go crazy late. Oh, he will. Yeah. So, obviously, he is a little bit older. So, this is a dynasty startup draft, the one you were referencing. Jerry Judy went in the sixth round. Cortland Sutton went in the seventh round. And Tim Patrick went in the 17th round. Yeah. And, Both of those to me. So And, again, it's, that's a super flex. Otherwise, those guys might have gone sooner. Uh, the first two, at least. But I just think Tim Patrick's going to have an opportunity – on the outside to catch a ton of touchdowns. And uh, I believe he had the highest uh, touchdown percentage of those three last year. Uh, I believe so, but he had five. Total. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, to, compared to zero for Judy and what, sure. like one or two for Sutton? Um, I, I expect, what, how, how many touchdowns do you think Russell Wilson's throwing? 35 plus is where I'll start the bidding. Oh my gosh! And, and these three combined. 35, 35, 35. These three combined for how many last year? Uh, Zero Sutton for Judy, two. two for Sutton, five for Tim Patrick. Yes. Now, obviously, Albert O. I mean, he's going to get his. Sure. But you you have a lot of upside. All um, three of them have been how made many, new. How many receiving touchdowns for Melvin Gordon here? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh yeah, because you're the biggest core. The biggest Gordon fan of all doing? time. What are you? How are you doing this? Uh, just, uh, just you wait. He's gonna sign there. It's gonna be, uh, it's gonna be great. Oh my gosh! I didn't know you were rooting for this. You could root for him to go somewhere better. 
You want him fighting with Javante? Not especially, but it's uh, it's a good bit. It's something, huh? <laughs> uh, all right. What about losers? Biggest losers of free agency. I'll jump in because mine is uh, the inverse of what you were talking about. Uh, Denver got a whole lot better. Seattle got a whole lot worse uh, because of Drew Swag Daddy Locke. Swag Daddy. The, the, the true Swag Daddy going up there to Seattle. Looks like he's... <laughs> First in line to be the starter for the Seattle Seahawks because they're choosing uh, what was the, the quote to only look at the good things that he has done. Which Something like that, which is I just would, a great way to go through life. I oh, it's like so quick to request easy. ten minutes of film. Everyone only <laughs> look at the good things I have done. Like, it's just a simpler life. Don't worry about bad stuff when I do it. Okay, only look at the good. Uh, so Drew Locke, uh, he found the right team for that philosophy. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, they are the so big So you're losers. saying Seattle as uh, a whole. Yeah, Seattle as a whole, but specifically Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. Uh, Drew Locke is coming into town with a career 3.8% touchdown rate, and it's not like he hasn't been playing with good wide receivers. The ones like, I just talked about? Yes. Uh, a career 59% completion rate, essentially a one-to-one touchdown-to-interception ratio. Uh, Tim Patrick, they – we were just talking about him leading the uh, the the team last year, or uh, I'm sorry. So back in 2020, when Drew Locke was like the primary starter, uh, Tim Patrick led that particular set of Broncos with six receiving touchdowns uh, in 12 games in 2020. When Drew Locke was the main guy, Patrick and Judy were a top 24 wide receiver. When you combine all the times that either one of them were in the top 24, it happened. Five times between two wide receivers in 12 games. And then to cap that off, Drew Locke could not hold off Teddy Bridgewater to be the starter last year in 2021 for the Denver Broncos. And now somehow he is in line to be the guy for Seattle. He just, his numbers are bad. His film is bad. You should be sad. Yeah, but Seattle. When he got the chance, to, <laughs> that's a haiku. Yeah, I, I, I hope it was. Um, that being did said, did you go bad, bad, sad, Seattle? Yep, okay. I did. Um, bad, bad, sad. That being said, at the very end of last year, he did finally get an opportunity to play with Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick, Cortland Sutton. He, he started do? three games. He, he and he threw a touchdown. So in those three <laughs> games, he did actually throw one, and I, you know, so. You can't. DK said not to, not to do this. Yeah, I think don't, he was specifically he, talking to us. He said, "Don't stop with all the hate of Drew Lunk." Oh. And I'll I'll give Drew Lunk credit. I thought he was impressive in his uh, welcome press conference. I did. Which is, you know, that's not a lot of the battle. Sure. I mean, that's just the part where you that's talk into a microphone. That's the good stuff they're looking at. Yeah, the off the field stuff. <laughs> we, <laughs> we choose to just look at the off the field. Uh, where do you Drew draft Lunk. DK Metcalf? Oh my gosh! Um, look, things could still change for them. I don't know. It's maybe some other quarterback ends up coming into town and saving them from Drew Locke draft. Who knows? Uh, DK Metcalf is a stud who was able to still thrive when Geno Smith was the quarterback while Russ was hurt. I mean, as a one-ish. Drew, okay, here we're back to the A.J. Brown discussion. Yeah, I knew DK that was Metcalf or A.J. Brown? Oh, A.J. Brown without a I'll question. I'll take A.J. Brown. So that, and if we're talking about the percentage chance that A.J. Brown is a top 12 
wide receiver and you had it around you Jason you had a higher and you were around 50%. So what's your percentage for DK? It with Drew Locke, of course. Yeah, I've got it at 10%. Oof, man. And I just don't think it 40? happens. Man. Would you I I, he I don't know. Score, he can lead the league in touchdowns even yes, with Drew can. Locke. I don't believe that's true. I don't think that's true with Drew Locke. I mean, he's got the clear talent. He can I, lead the team in touchdowns. He can lead the team in touchdowns with Drew Locke. Did you not hear me? 100%. Um, I don't think closely. it's possible for him to lead the league. But, you know, if it's like T. Higgins or Drew uh, or DK Metcalf, you're on the on the Oh, clock. my gosh. you got to take your shot with DK, yeah. and, and then Drew Locke's going to figure it out. Yeah, I agree with that. Okay. Against that uh, Rams I, I feel like over the last couple years, I've just – learned a lesson of like just it's so obvious but every year we walk away saying we've got to remember that the quarterback matters for these wide receivers like it's it's always there's always hope there's always whatever but it just doesn't work out when you have a bad quarterback do you mean like my biggest loser of the offseason yes sir go ahead which is dj moore exactly. of the carolina panthers i don't have the perfect analogy for what's happened to dj moore in his career but it's something like Ooh, give us a haiku. <laughs> well, sad, he's, sad. he's played four seasons. His fantasy finish is 38, 18, 22, 19. Okay? So you're, you're talking about not sniffing wide receiver one end of season production. And yet we all look at DJ Moore and say, I mean, this is like a car that is decked out. Great engine, great interior, great paint. And four replacement tires because he never has all of the pieces in place and doesn't have the quarterback to get him all the way there. And this offseason, whether Panthers fans wanted him or not, there was a lot of Deshaun Watson rumors, and they still have no solution of any kind at quarterback. He had 498 targets over the last four years. That is the seventh most in football. And you say, yes, give me that. Give me volume. Yes. 73% were catchable targets. So just take the target totals and knock a quarter off because of the quarterback. And we know he can't get into the end zone more than four times a year. Isn't that the, the average, the DJ Moore total? Well, when your quarterback is bad, you don't have many trips to the red zone. So, you know, you're, you're talking about two touchdowns, four, four, four. This team looks like it will be struggling yet again at the quarterback position. No amount of Cam Newton or P.J. Walker or Sam Darnold is going to get that done. And so D.J. Moore even added one more peripheral to make you love him. A big old contract. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter. Congrats. Yeah, I mean, he's going to make money to have three-fourths of his targets in the area. And he will catch... Everything that gets near him. A lot like Allen Robinson used to do. Anything that's in his general vicinity, since, he will catch. Since 2018, he has the eighth most receiving yards among wide receivers. Like It's he, amazing. He is just behind Keenan Allen, a couple hundred behind Cooper Cup. Like He's ahead of Amari Cooper. He's ahead of Tyler Lockett, ahead of Godwin. It's It's not... It's not fair. You have to not fair. have touchdowns to be a fantasy star. You cannot just be a yardage guy that never gets in the end zone. And when you have a bad quarterback, you're not going to score a lot of touchdowns. That that's 
Yeah. My fear with DK Metcalf is last year quarterback touchdown rate for his quarterbacks a combined two point three percent. The year before <laughs> the year before three percent with Teddy Bridgewater. The year before, three point five percent for Kyle Allen, which now seems great. And then five percent for Cam Newton the year before that. Is so, Kyle Allen available? If he was, you should sign him. The, you're right. Touchdowns are going to be a key. Uh, you have to be able to bank on them for top 12. And it's just sad. Now, he is obviously in a position, much like several other wide receivers, not just DJ Moore, where if you fix the position with a Russell Wilson next week, you're unlocking greatness. You're unlocking. Like if Russell Wilson went to Carolina instead of Denver, is DJ Moore a top eight wide receiver pick? He is for me. Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, DJ Moore would be great. So he's the biggest loser to me because they have only got losers in that quarterback room right now. Yeah, Aww. no, I, I get it, and uh, it's been a sad start to the career. Hopefully, it gets better. Yours uh, makes in the me future. very sad. Mine makes me very sad because while I did badmouth the rookie potential of this player, I've been all in. I mean, I've been telling everybody give whatever you can. I offered Travis Kelsey a first and a second rounder to try to get Kyle Pitts, who is my free agent loser this offseason and I'm so happy that that trade was not accepted because I think it's going to be a couple more years before Kyle Pitts really fantasy wise can deliver on the talent that is on the field I was so excited for him to be across the field from Calvin Ridley catching passes from Matt Ryan in his year two and really like take a step forward but Atlanta is set up to just suck they are going to be in the running <laughs> they are. for the number one pick. You said that so aggressively. Yeah, well, it's just the truth, and I think it's Not the right way to— Not just suck. No, suck. They, um, look, they have Kyle no— Kyle must not like that. Oh, I think Kyle loves that. Kyle, would you rather them be surprisingly good this year or get the number one pick? Just be awful. Yeah, okay. exactly. And they're they're uh, oh the Mariota plan. They're a team after your own heart, then, because um, unfortunately the suspension came down for Calvin Ridley. So whether or not he was going to come back to the team or be traded for capital be, to be used for the team, that's kaput. Um, they lost Russell Gage, which seems like it didn't matter. But it matters. It matters now. Um, then they respectfully trade Matt Ryan so that Matt Ryan doesn't have to end his career on this team um, and and re-sign or go-sign uh, Marcus Mariota. So this is a team where Kyle Pitts is your only weapon. Kyle Pitts is going to be double-covered every play. Does There's just no reason to guard anyone else on that roster. I don't think Mariota's throwing for 30 touchdowns. Um, I think this is going to be a bad team. So the next year or two, I'm just so sad because I think it'll be a little bit of time before Kyle Pitts has the touchdown upside that will um, really give the fantasy goodness we all want to see in Kyle Pitts. He is unbelievably talented, but I'm very sad because in a redraft league this year, I think Kyle Pitts was going to be in conversation for that number two, number three draft pick, you know, taking that leap forward. And now it's like, He's going to go high. He is going to go high, but not by me. Like 20 I, touchdowns for Matt Ryan last year, 3.6% touchdown rate. Yeah, it was bad for him because he had no weapons. Now put Mariota there and take away a few weapons. Say, Mariota, is he's thrown for more than 20 touchdowns one time. <laughs> well, I, I'm just saying, like last year, if that's – you think Mariota is going to be worse than 20 touchdowns? 
Uh, yeah, yeah, I think he will be worse. Marcus Mariota led offenses, a rookie. ranked 21st, 28th, 28th, and 31st in pass attempts in his career. And, oh, he played with this uh, head coach. Would it would it change your opinion if they, if they end up with the number one or number two wide receiver in the draft? It will be very, very helpful, but I think that's still a two-year plan still for Still got the Mariota problem? Help, yeah. All right, so you went with Kyle Pitts and um, – yeah, Mike and Jason went with one of my uh, franchise keeper options. Uh, to, didn't go the way I wanted for Metcalf or for Kyle Pitts. Yeah, I was a little torn today, too, because that draft is like, okay, I, I, I drafted Sutton, yay, but I also drafted uh, DK Metcalf, so someone get a quarterback. All right, that is going to do it for today's episode of the Fantasy Footballers. We'll catch you on Thursday, though. I promise. We'll be here. All right, thank you for supporting us. Leave us a review. Find us on YouTube.com slash The Fantasy Footballers. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Fantasy Footballers Podcast. Join our fantasy football community on jointhefoot.com and follow us on Twitter at The FF Ballers.